I'm Hugh. I'm Linda. Together we're Hinda. And this is Hindacast. So Linda, stay or leave? Well, after much consideration, Hugh, I think I'm going to stay. You're stuck with me for at least another week. Ooh, and I'm voting stay as well. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> Not so sweet, though, was the first commitment ceremony. Lots of couples, lots of drama, lots of accusations, lots of revelations. I don't think there was a dull moment, really. It was, was good. There? I did enjoy it. Claire and Jesse, I was actually surprised that they were the first ones to take the couch. Yeah. Because in fairness, they always start with a couple who were getting on well, don't mm. And what we got was a highly lukewarm arrival. <laughs> that was good. A, a highly, highly lukewarm arrival from Alessandra. The first thing to come up was a fair gate. Well, the Adam accusations gate. of an affair. In fact, not even the accusation of an affair. The accusation of flirtation. It, it was already diluting by the moment, wasn't it? It was, absolutely, yeah. And I think in fairness to both Adam and Claire, they both had logical explanations for what Jesse thought he heard. And I do think that Jesse completely overreacted to the situation. And after hearing... His version of events, well, in fairness, we've heard his version of events all week. Mm. I haven't changed my mind on that. He handled it wrong. I agree that he overreacted. And I said so in the last podcast and when we spoke about that, I said the biggest thing was his reaction. But the problem was he should have kept his powder dry and he didn't. He went nuts over the wrong thing. He went nuts over the phone call. And that's what led him to go shirtless down the corridor and bang on Adam's door. He did it all wrong, as it turns out, because Lyndall chimes in and Lyndall says, yeah, well, there might be something in this. Because Adam said something interesting to me. Oh, now, come on. I was really disappointed by Lyndall's um, admission or her re- revelation. I was expecting something a little bit more explosive. And she even qualified as she started off. So, well, I may have heard it wrong, but, you know, come on, give me a break. I was oh, I just I was expecting Blame so the producers more. on that one. Blame like, the producers on that one because they built it up like the greatest thing since Watergate. Yeah, absolutely. They really 100%. did. They totally over blew it. And then we got bong. Well, we didn't get bong. We just got the ad break. I still I was missed the go, bong. Is that it? Like, seriously, is yeah. that it? It was a comment. And yeah, no, I understand where she was going with it because he he did make that comment, although he denied it if he did make that comment. But again, I'm kind of sitting here thinking to myself, in what context would that have been made? Was it a joke because they were getting on so well, you know, that he was saying to Lyndall, oh, Lyndall, you're the only one keeping me straight and narrow. Because uh, I'll end up wanting uh, to head home with uh, Claire. Ha, ha, ha. And, and again, that's the most we got out of the whole night. And I don't know how many of them were out, but but it looks things there was about five couples out. Is, is that roughly yeah, where we're probably at? about right Something yeah. like that. Eight people, maybe ten people. The best anybody chimed up with was a little aside that he gave. Nobody put up their hand and said... Well, yeah, he was touching her a lot on the shoulder and I can understand why Jesse was a little bit perturbed. Well, listen, nobody supported um, Claire either. And none of the girls said, look, we all left together and Claire left with us. So it does seem that Claire and Adam did leave together. They concentrated on the phone call because the phone call was was what led to Jesse blowing up. But the phone call, he seems to be wrong about the phone call. We're agreed on that, aren't we? He seems to be, and he has admitted that he seems seems to be wrong about it. She kind of got off lightly because there does seem to be some little nugget in his jealousies, shall we say. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, And the fact that Adam, we'll get onto it later, but I think the fact that Adam apologised for whatever happened is, like, what are you apologising for? Adam, if nothing happened, nothing happened. Yeah. You know, what are you apologising for? So we'll talk about that later on. But I do think there was something like there was a 15 minute gap between the girls leaving and the boys Mm. leaving. And yet it seems that Claire 
didn't go home for an hour and a half later. So what exactly was she doing in that time? Because we're assuming now, because of what Janelle said, that Janelle and Adam were together. So where was Claire? Yeah. The question still remains unanswered. They do. But either way, we got to the decision. Jesse said, leave. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised that he said leave. And I'm I'm really proud of him actually for saying leave as well, mm. because it just showed that he had the courage of his convictions. Yes. You know, that he, he I, I do honestly believe that he was kind of overwhelmed and he was hurt and he knows that it has brought out the bad side in him and he he wanted to leave. I think I would have been more suspicious about his motives if he'd said stay. He voted first and he was taking a gamble. When somebody says leave, they're taking a gamble because the second person can say leave. And then you're off the show if they are a fame hungry kind of person, which we suspect Jesse is. But he took a gamble on it. He was honest. And I think he deserves, like you say, he deserves credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not entirely surprised that Claire said stay because, as I said last week, she really wants to give it her all. She was honest and said, I I want to have no regrets. Okay. So and she was eager and she showed us that during the week as well. She was eager to see what the what advice the experts would give. Mm. Do you doubt Claire's motives at all? I doubt everybody's motives. Yeah, but, but and that's a fact. compared to most of them. No, I think I think Claire really does want to give it a go. Can I just go back, though, just before you we can. leave Clessy, uh, Jesse and Claire to what John said about them making abrasive comments to each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said that early on and that really surprised us. Yeah, I I don't think that was fair of John to say that because literally I have never heard Claire making any abrasive comments Mm. to Jessie. Yeah, she might have lost her cool under moments of stress, but she didn't actually degrade him, humiliate him, you know, make abrasive comments, call him names, nothing like that. She she never took his character like he did with hers. Well, if it was a football match, it it would have been over within 10 minutes and the the amount of abrasive comments that Jesse's made to her. Yeah. And yeah. And friends, I think that he was actually very, I think she was actually very empathetic towards him the whole time. I thought she was very understanding. Yeah. So I don't think that comment was fair. We moved on and we got Janelle and Adam straight from the frying pan into Into the the fire. fire. Mm. And Adam opened up with his apology. It sounded very rehearsed to me. Oh, do you know what? He's a slippery one, he is. He's a (laughs) sneaky You used another word when you were, you used a a good Dublin phrase, a slither. A slither. (laughs) Slither like a (laughs) snake. He's a slither, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know whether that's due to St. Patrick or something. And I suppose that was my initial reaction and I'll still stick with it. I think that was my reaction to Adam from day one. He's a slither. Yeah. Um, So that apology was, again, why why did he apologise? What what did he apologise for? He's pretty damn smooth, isn't he? He is, yeah. And she was buying it, I think. Before the experts had a chance to say anything, he was saying, oh, by the way, I apologise. So let's put this to bed now. I'm taking accountability. I'm owning up for my part in this. So that's it. It's all over with now. Yeah. And and Janelle seems to agree with that because she said, and the quote is this, logically speaking, she has no reason not to trust Adam. Logically speaking. Wow. I don't know. Logically speaking, there's lots of reasons not to trust Adam. Yeah, but then she said, you know, when it comes to her heart, like, I mean, she is, she's hurt by it and she it has cast doubts in her mind and rightly so. You'd want to be bloody stupid if that doesn't cast doubts in your mind, Janelle. I think though we've seen a little bit of this with Janelle, that what Janelle says in front of camera and to the experts is not necessarily on what's on her mind. She has doubts about this guy more than she's letting on. Well, we'll see. I we'll th- see. I think it's Again, there. how badly does she want it? Yeah. They both voted to stay. Yeah, not surprising. 
based on what they said on the couch. Anyway, not, not surprising. surprising. Not yeah. surprising. We'll yeah. see um, how long Adam can keep his true personality hidden. <laughs> yeah. We'll judge that week. Yeah, to week. I, I think, you know, it's, it's very early days and already the mask is starting to slip a little, isn't it? Tani and Ollie uh, loves Young Dream. Yeah, like they are a sweet couple, aren't yeah. they? Again, they are like two 16-year-olds who've fallen in love. And as Ollie said, it was like the first date that never ended. Yeah, and, and, and there's not a hint of cynicism or playing games or ulterior motives. That's all just totally removed from Tani and Ollie. I think so, yeah. I yeah. think, you know, the most controversial thing they said was that sex was a little too good. <laughs> <laughs> Alessandra was Alessandra beaming was from shocked. ear to ear. Can you ever have she was delighted. Yeah. She was delighted. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what, Tani and Ollie? If that's your only problem, you're doing goddamn well. Yeah. Naturally, they voted to stay and we weren't a bit surprised. Twice. That. Not Boy, at all. We, yeah. Melinda and Leighton. We hoped we'd get something on Melinda and Leighton. We'd finally find out more about Melinda and Leighton. Yeah, but um, instead we got each day is getting better from Leighton. Yeah. I just... And then Melissa's... Well, Melinda, the, the one nugget that we did get that made us both <laughs> laugh was the fact that it, Melinda said the attraction just came and it came a lot. Yeah. Go on, Leighton, you boy. <laughs> Absolutely. And everybody laughed. They voted stay and that was that. You know, it's not going to be their week in terms of drama and all that. In fairness, I do think that they both have a degree of emotional intelligence, you know, and I didn't think it at first about Melinda. But then when she called out Harrison at the dinner party, you know, my respect for her grew. Yeah. At yeah. first I thought she was a spoiled brat mm. and nothing would please her. But, you know, she saw right through Harrison and she wasn't afraid to call him out on it. So I think probably the communication between Melinda and Leighton is very good. They're both strong characters. They're both successful in their careers. They both seem to know what they want. And again, they're both kind of seem to be in the experiment for the right reasons. One thing, though, just strikes me as as you talk about all that is that this series we haven't had or haven't seen so far the fallout from a dinner party in terms of everybody waking up and everybody talking about what's happened the previous night. I would have loved to have seen Melinda and Leighton wake up uh, and what Leighton thought of Melinda's interjection and all of that. I would have loved to have seen that. Maybe they didn't want us to see it. I don't know. I wonder, did Leighton even hear Melinda's interjection because she had literally turned right away from him. Hmm. So he was talking to somebody on his side and she had literally turned her back to him and she was talking to Harrison who was sitting beside her. So I wondered does he even understand or has he acknowledged or, or was he aware of the interaction between Melinda and Harrison? That was just picked up by the cameras. Yeah. Okay. It, it just seemed yeah. natural. Like yeah. it, I know we said that she was primed and I still think she probably was primed. Even so, uh, Linda, what would happen is the following morning they would have a bit of a conversation about what went on the night before. Everybody yeah. does. Yeah. We certainly do. Anybody does. Yeah. You and, know, if it was me and you, I would have been kind of sitting up in bed, having a cup of coffee and going saying, the nerve of that Harrison guy. <laughs> like, there's no way was I letting him away with that in the neck of him. Like, who do you think he is? And I'd be sitting there smiling at you. <laughs> yeah, mortified. No, I love it when you're strong like that. Alyssa uh, and Duncan. Go on, you talk about Duncan and Alyssa. Oh, God, what's there to say? Surprise, surprise, about right stay. With no mention of Duncan's lukewarm response to Melissa or Alyssa rather having the affair, saying he was pretty much at peace with it. See, I would have dived right into that. I would have dived in and said, you know, if I was one of the experts. Yeah. What do you mean by that, Duncan? Pretty much at peace. Yeah. I would have had to ask questions. There's just a little bit of something there. Again, they're letting them fly under the radar for the moment. They're concentrating on the big three. Duncan likes, likes Alyssa and Alyssa is falling in like with Duncan. So it was all very sweetness and light. They both said stay and off the couch they went. Yeah. There's really nothing else to say about those two. Okay, so Sandy and Dan. 
Sandy and Dan, I have, I'm going to come out with this now. I have a little bit of an issue with Sandy in that I feel I'm not getting to know Sandy. I agree with you. You're you, you're kind of getting to know about her beliefs. Yeah. I, you know, I have kind of, I have asked myself and I'll be honest about this. And now that you bring it up, I'm going to say it. I wonder, does she actually want love on the show or is she using the show as a platform to highlight social injustices? Yeah, that's exactly it. We, you know, we got the confession letter task. She really didn't actually speak about herself in terms of relationships and what kind of relationships she wants. She threw it right back to her childhood. Yeah. And, you know, so- and the bullying she suffered because of her, um, because the fact that she was a, a first generation Indian. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. Girl going to. And I, I really sympathise with all that. But that's really not what the show is about. The show is about where she is now. She seems certainly outwardly to be a very strong, independent woman. She's well able to speak. She's well able to hold down a career. You know, she has a home now of her own. She's moved on. And the fact that Just, she's, what, 36 and still single? Yeah. She's not really all that oppressed by the Indian culture. If Indian culture oppresses you to that extent. There you go. I yeah. think in, in fairness, I, I'm I'm wondering, you yeah. know, I think if you didn't know anything about the culture and you had this stereotypical impression of an Indian woman, I don't think that Sandy actually does anything to make it any better. I mm. think she reinforces the stereotypical yeah, impression. I, I would agree on that. Let's let's see how that one develops. I think she said something, though. She said about Dan, I really like him, but that also scares me a lot. The next question would have been, why does it scare you? And that wasn't asked. She wasn't asked really why was That's she scared. That's very true. Yeah, why was she scared? Absolutely. Dan jumped in and he assured her that there was no need to be scared. But still the question needs to be asked, why are you scared? Why are you scared? This is what you want. You wanted a man who was kind and gentle and forgiving. You get him. And patient. And patient, yeah. And you're still scared. What are you scared of? I think friendship. Yeah, no, I hear where you're coming from. But you have to understand that this couple is older. Again, they've well, certainly in in Dan's um, situation, you know, it's not his first rodeo. And I think that as you get older, you look for different things in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I do, because you just look for maybe uh, and I'm not saying you compromise in any way. You just change what you want. When I was younger, I wanted somebody who I could have a home with, have a family with. I have all of that now. Now I want somebody that I can actually sit down and talk to and have meaningful discussions yeah. with and, and get on with. A friend, a teammate. I just feel they're more friends. Okay. And See they do seem to be very good friends. Yeah. See okay. Well, I think the fact that there's no physical relationship there, they've kissed and cuddled. That mm. can't help matters. Yeah. And I, I get that she has her boundaries. Maybe they should have moved on at this stage. The same can't be said for Melissa and Josh. They have been intimate. Oh, God. And that's caused endless problems in a way, hasn't it? Yeah. Instant connection, he says. Thrown off course, of course, uh, because they discovered the very different approaches to communicating about sex. In fact, they're different approaches to communicating. Well, no, they're much the same approach to to communicating because they just don't communicate. They don't communicate. Yeah, that's it. And they have different reasons for not communicating. So Josh doesn't feel comfortable talking about sex. And he was brought up a gentleman. So he doesn't talk about sex publicly. He said, you know, what happens in a relationship is implied and that's all fine. Whereas Melissa, on the other hand, doesn't want to talk about anything else except sex. So you can see the conundrum. 
the conflict of interest really there, can't you? Yeah, and, and he also came out very openly about it because he said, we do have discussions and we do have communication, but it doesn't come to a resolution. And that immediately sparked for me. We, I went right back where they had the different camera pieces about the intimacy and the honeymoon. And we said, surely they discussed it. But the sound of things, they probably did discuss it. They never came out with a resolution that they both agreed with. And each of them went off, thought they knew the other's point of view and didn't. That's where it sounds like to me it was. Well, look, if we're if we're calling a discussion what happened between Melinda and Josh on the couch when, you know, they did mention the fact that he felt like a sexual object and and she didn't know what he did for a living. That wasn't a discussion as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That was Melissa saying her piece and then Josh going saying his piece, not yeah. to Melissa, but to camera. So yeah. where's the communication there? He just sat there like stupid look on his face and kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, oh, you don't even know what I do for a living. Well, I would take it a little, I would view it slightly differently in that it seems to be she says her piece, he says his piece and then they walk away. Yeah, well, I think he needs to say his piece to her, in fairness. That's my opinion. But they need to come to a resolution. They need to come to a resolution. And, 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 you know, if if you say those things, you have to have the courage of your convictions and try and meet halfway between. Yes, or somewhere true. between or but or like it was obvious that he was either way he was mortified by what she said um, her first impressions of him he was mortified the way she was going on about Thor and his hammer and all of this kind of stuff he was just hurt I think he was embarrassed I think he was embarrassed by the fact that you know she was talking so publicly about it and, and the fact that he was talking so differently he was talking about a connection and feelings and a future and I think looking back on it he was he was kind of thinking what in the name of God, I might have to get myself into. Yeah. They both voted to stay, though. Yeah, they did. They did. They're going to keep going, trying to sort it out. I do think they have potential. Mm. I think if, you know, Melissa can bring out that sexual side of Josh and maybe allay the fears that he has about communication around sex. And then Josh can maybe calm Melissa down and kind of show her that there's more to a relationship than just sex. And there's more than one way to feel validation. It doesn't always come down to the fact that if your partner isn't jumping your bones Every second of the day, there are other ways that he can show you that he loves you and wants you. I think absolutely, that would be their you're, you're certainly right about Josh. But the thing I'd say is, I don't know if much of a sexual side needs to be brought out in Josh. He seems to be fine sexually. It's just that he doesn't particularly want to talk about it. And in fairness, most people in their lives don't need to talk about it publicly. Just if they go unmarried at first sight, it's sort of quite normal. He should be able to talk about it if he wants to, but he doesn't seem able to talk okay. about it. So, you know, like if you want to talk yeah. about it, you can talk about it. Fair enough. You Fair know, enough. so he needs to maybe work on that a little bit. Yeah. But he does seem like a sexual person, so. Bronte and Harrison. Oh God, we have to. I always dread when we have to try and discuss Bronte and Harrison. It's a car crash and it's so difficult. And in any other series, they would have been long gone. But we have to keep rehashing the same mess every week. Look, I'm glad that the the experts called them out and they didn't shy away from the confrontation. I mean, go Alessandra. Like she really had him to write. Didn't oh, she? she did. She didn't take any. It was forensic. Crap. Absolutely yeah. forensic. The way she interrogated him, the way she brought up about the photo and the luggage. And he amazingly, he was the he was the one who said, well, she could have taken the photo. What and sort I, of an idiot is he? Oh, come on, Harrison. That's his style. His style is if you accuse him of level two, he'll say, sure, I did level four. What are you talking about? Yeah, that agree, agree and amplify. Agree and amplify. Absolutely. Agree yeah, and, amplify. and he did it actually with no initialization when he sat down on the couch and he went, 
Ah, it hasn't actually been that bad. Because Bronte opened up first. She said she'd been crying a lot. And then he goes, well, you know what? It wasn't all that bad. It was like a holiday. I I was on a holiday. I enjoyed the bits on my own. Seriously. But again, that's what he does. That's what he does. It's just unbelievable. And he's just getting worse by the minute. Even the fact, I mean, he was calling John out and, you know, telling John that his his comments that he made later on in, in, in the episode to Shannon about there were two men on here who were intimate with their partners or ex-partners, mm. whatever the case may be, in the days beforehand. And they're obviously not committed to the process. And he says, that's <laughs> bullshit. I made a commitment when I came up the aisle. Like As well as that, he said, he said, yeah, she was around packing. She came around that morning to help him pack. But he didn't have sex with her. No, he didn't have sex. So so what are you talking about? I didn't have sex with her. So it doesn't like, really matter. It's just, it's, it's just the whole thing is unbelievable. The other thing that I have to say is just in relation to Bronte and, and she was talking about her friend. Her friend, her girlfriend. Oh, she became her girlfriend then, yeah. Again. The girl code seems to she come back in. She threw her under the bus there when they were on honeymoon. Yeah. And she's, oh, my poor husband, and she's not a friend of mine, and all of this load of crap. And now she's her friend again. Bronte, make up your mind. Bronte was complicit in some ways in the whole thing, in that there's no doubt about it. She went into that dinner party, and they had a plan. And the plan was they would address it very openly. They would sing off the same hymn sheet with a lukewarm watered down version she would throw her girlfriend jessica is not her yeah. name she would throw jessica under the bus they would have a as it turned out a great big toast at the end i can't remember who initiated that toast but there would be some sort of a asha look it's all over now somebody was trying to derail our wedding but we're trying to do our best now and everybody would support them yeah well they weren't banking on melinda no they weren't banking on melinda <laughs> look at the end of it all i said they came out and they said, she said she would stay. He said he would leave. And he only did that for drama. Like, I think he knew she'd say she'd stay because she's a doormat. Well, yeah, this is it. I said, you know, you have to feel sorry for her in this. And you said. No, I don't feel sorry for her. She gets everything she deserves because guess what, Bronte? What you allow will continue. Mama mm. didn't raise no quitter. No, she raised a doormat. Yeah, Sorry, it's, it's but poor. how many times does he need to show her what an arsehole he is? You know, and, and excuse my language, but he is. He has been a dickhead since day one on their marriage when she had to confront him about, you know, having someone on the outside. And he's been a dickhead every single day right through. And he's a dickhead and he sat on the couch. What do you think is going to change? If these two people become celebrities after this show in Australia or elsewhere... It's going to set a dangerous precedent, in my view. And the precedent will be this. If Harrison becomes famous and a celeb and is treated like he's a great lad and all that, then a gaslighter and somebody who treats women in that way is going to be somewhat glorified. Glorified, and absolutely, I don't think yeah. That's, I don't think that's right. No, I don't think it's right either. And if Bronte becomes a celebrity after this, then the message to girls is, this is normal. You have to put up with this. It's just the way men are. Yeah, and it's um, not about quitting, Bronte. It's about setting boundaries and yeah. sticking to those boundaries. Yeah. It's about, you know, expecting what you deserve. And she seems like a lovely girl and she deserves to be happy and she deserves to be with somebody who's going to be crazy about her and treat her like a princess. We yeah. all do. But in order for someone else to treat you with respect and love you, you have to treat yourself with respect That's and exactly love yourself. It. She needs to love and herself. And she's not doing that. She needs she's to love herself. just not doing that. She's not loving herself and she's treating herself and who she is with absolutely no respect whatsoever. Yeah, I think, you know, if they've spent two, three nights together for the whole series so far, 
Yeah. I mean, that's about it. Did you just spend more time apart in the air together? What's the point in this? Get off the merry-go-round. Well, Save if this, yourself. If this wasn't a TV show, she would be gone. There's just no way she'd give him the time of day. I'd like to think she wouldn't. I really would like to think she wouldn't. You think she might? Yeah. Yeah, I think in why? fairness. I think why, would, would, why would you think that she would... Would you have to help me here? Because I'm, I'm just wondering, is she strong enough as a person? Like I know, I said, and I was the first one to say, "Look, she's doing this for the fame. She is desperate to stay on the show, and she's willing to put up with anything just to be on the show." But now I'm kind of thinking, is she actually, or is she actually just not strong enough? Is she willing to accept all the crap he's given her? Memories of Bronte's bio are coming back to me now. Wasn't she the one that was always in relationships where she was being treated like dirt? Wasn't and she true? wants to spoil her man. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We, we finished up on that. And, and her friends and family were always telling her that that cycle has to break. Yeah. They must be horrified watching this now. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, if that was my daughter, if that was my sister, I'd be saying I'd be on the phone saying, get, get out of there. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You'd be in, outside those apartments breaking yeah, probably in. Probably would in Break yeah. it in. I, I just think I think it's disgusting the way he's treating her, you know, and I think it's it's blatantly obvious that he's a male chauvinistic pig. Mm. And I, I just hate to see Bronte or any woman putting up with that crap. You could say, though, she's facilitating it. She is facilitating it. And like I say, what you allow will continue and she's allowing it and yeah. it's going to continue. She's not calling out Mountain. I know she kind of thinks she is, but she's not. Again, she tries to bring it up. He acts like a spoiled child. He turns back on her. It's all her fault. They have words. He leaves. Or she tells him to go or she leaves. No resolution. And I don't honestly feel that there is any resolution now. Yes. OK. So he said, oh, he gave another disingenuous apology by mm. saying, yeah, I'm sorry for how I made you feel or whatever the case may be. Mm. Again, when, when he says that, even if he doesn't say it sometimes, that's your feelings and your feelings are off and just stupid female feelings. So they don't really count. Yeah, it's just, oh, look, again, as I say, said it a million times before, it's a car crash, but they seem to want to continue along this course. and For whatever reason, and we'll let the listeners we make, won't complain. make up their minds. It's drama. It's drama, know. and we've spoken about it for the last 15 minutes or yeah, whatever Yeah, and it some is. of the couples are just really, really boring, so it gives us something to talk. Well, they're just being allowed to fly under the radar. So, Hugh, I just really want to finish off on Harrison and Bronte by just highlighting, you know, that you said that she may, must feel like an idiot for writing Stay. After Harrison wrote Leave. Mm. In fairness, she did say subsequently, I feel like an idiot. I feel like he blindsided me. Mm. Really, Bronte, really. No. How many times does he need he to show you that he's, he's not interested? done this. He's he's actually remained true. He's remained true to being false. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, he was a dickhead in day one. He's still a dickhead. <laughs> Can we leave it at that? Absolutely. OK. <laughs> Move on to the really controversial <laughs> Lyndall and Cameron. Oh, God, yeah. Said oh, he yeah. We need to leave time for these. The relationship stuff is easy, says Cameron. <laughs> and it certainly looks easy. Yeah, in fairness, does, I mean, fairness, they're, they're living in like some sort of utopia, aren't they? They are. They are. There'll be something. There'll be something. It's it's probably going to be the distance. I think they're going to be the distance couple. There's always a distance couple. No, it's going to be the fact that she's going to look in the mirror and see Cameron. And then she's going to feel like she's it's an incestuous relationship or he's going to feel like it's incestuous. And then they'll have this conscience. They'll have this whole crisis of conscience and, think and, so? and think that they can't go through it anymore. I'll just leave it at the distance. Anyway, they, they voted stay. They voted stay. Yeah. Just when we thought it was all safe, it was Caitlin and Shannon. 
to walk in and up onto the couch. Where do we even start with this? Shannon has some pair of balls on him, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he opened up, didn't he? And he was the one. And now he's the first in- thing he said was that I think I might still be in love with my ex. Yeah, it wasn't even. Now it was a little bit uh, more gentle at the time in, the, in that he said he may lo- still love his ex. Now he's in love with his ex. It's just, I know you guys are going to be disappointed in me. Uh, you reckon, Shannon? Disappointed <laughs> in you? Horrified. Horrified at what you've done to this poor girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, how could he? When I think it was Melissa who asked him, you know, when were you last with your ex? And he went, mm-hmm. uh, 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 in that week. In, yeah. in the week of in, the show. Like, in, oh, well, he come said on. it was, it was, he went to say it was a week and then he said in the week. In the week, yeah. So it was maybe days. It he could have been the day as, before, for Christ's sake. As bad as Harrison. Yeah, absolutely. And John picked up on that as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and lumped he, the two of them together. He did, he did. Again, Shannon, why are you on the show if you have a relationship with your ex that's been going on, what, 10 years or something like that? And you have a child together. Why are you on the show? You're saying you can't find somebody when obviously you have somebody already. You don't even need to be looking. The question isn't whether Shannon, why the hell is Shannon on the show? The question is, why the hell is is Caitlin still on the show? Why is she still on the show? You know, again, by her own admission, she said, I've been in this situation, exactly this situation before. And I need to break this cycle. So that's why you're going through with it and saying on and giving him another chance, Caitlin. You break the cycle by taking yourself out of the situation and stepping away from it and going, do you know what, Shannon? You have your issues. You deal with them. I'm out. The most serious question, though, has to be put to the experts on this one, Linda. We, when we did our rundown as the participants with our limited knowledge of these people and only reading what the good people at Channel 9 gave us, the other side of the world spoke about this guy and said the big issue with this guy and the big red flag with this guy is he's had, quote, an on-off relationship with an ex of seven years and they have a child together. Okay. Yep. I think it's seven years. Maybe it's 10 years. It doesn't really matter. It's a long term relationship. Sorry, I'll use that word. It is a long term relationship. Not it was. It is a long term relationship. And the on off bit is the really the red flag bit, because if it goes off and on again several times, why this time when it's off, won't it go back on? again? Oh, no. Apparently, Hugh, he had done a lot of work on himself in the last year. Obviously not enough, Shannon. Well, the people who didn't do good work are the producers. Because the producers paired him with somebody who was, quote, exactly in this situation before. And she told she would have told the experts that. Of course and she did. The and she said she wanted to break the cycle. But yeah. she's obviously not capable of breaking the cycle. They're not helping her break the cycle. And they matched her with somebody who was going to put her right back into that cycle. I question, I question the vid- validity of all of these psychological tests that they apparently undertook. How could the experts not see this huge red flag? That yeah. Shannon was waving. Well, they, they, you see, the thing about it is if they had any questions about that, they really should have gone to the ex. And if they couldn't go to the ex, well, then they probably should have said you're not going to the show. Yeah, but you see, I, I, I said that I had issues with Mel's interview with Shannon. I said it last week. OK, mm-hmm. and I wasn't entirely sure about it when I, I didn't think that he was over the ex, even before any of the revelations. All right. And I, I don't credit Shanna with enough intelligence to try and pull the wool over the expert's eyes. Mm. I'm sorry, I don't. Yeah. You know, he didn't even have the intelligence to play the game <laughs> past the first <laughs> couple of days, in fairness. Yeah, he didn't last. A, he didn't last a week. I mean, they were only moved into the apartment and he was making the calls and he was coming back in crying. Yeah. 
I mean, who the hell does he think he is? I, I don't know. Well, like I said, he's some pair of balls. Like he, he, he knew what he was doing going on to that show. He had been with his ex. He knew he was going back with his ex. He knew he was still in love. It wasn't, this wasn't new. This wasn't new. It's been on and off for the last seven years or so. You're very harsh on Bronte or you're harsh enough. Sorry, you're, you're, you're not that harsh. You're calling Bronte to account quite reasonably. You're not calling Caitlin to account the same way. No, because in fairness, I think I actually feel sorry for Caitlin. I do feel sorry for her because Caitlin, she doesn't have the emotional intelligence or strength that Bronte has. Bronte is playing a game. Bronte wants to stay in this for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. so she is acting a doormat because it suits her motives. I don't think that Caitlin herself and Shannon were probably still the best match because I don't credit either of them with very much emotional intelligence. I don't think Caitlin has the intelligence to play the game. I think Caitlin is fairly raw. Uh, Although she's acknowledged that she has to break the cycle, she doesn't have the strength to do it. And I really think that she wants the expert's help to help her break this cycle and move on and have a healthy relationship. But they're not helping her. They're not helping her. They're hindering her. Either way, that's the way it's being framed at the moment, that they are both both said stay, didn't they? They both said stay. Yeah, God, Caitlin, what are you thinking? Why are you putting yourself through it? Like he, he actually says he's he thinks he's in love with his ex. He's still communicating with her. Well, no, no. He said he said he might be still in love with his ex. And she said there's very little might about it and he'd put up no defence to that. So he's he's openly saying he's in love with his ex. And he's still in contact with his ex. So and he's, he's still on the show. talking to her on the phone all the time. They're still communicating. She wants to communicate now with, with Caitlin. OK, so Mel called him out and he said, can you give Caitlin what she needs? Are you here for to give her everything? You, you, and he you, said, you need yes. to give her everything, not breadcrumbs, I think was the quote. She deserves everything. Yeah. yeah. What would the ex say to Caitlin, I wonder, while we're here? Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder what she what would, would say. What would she say? Is she going to say, get off my man? Is she going to say, um, I'd how, say how deep say is your like, relationship? If it's good if it's good enough for her, she'd probably say, I'll back off. No, I don't think so, to be honest. No, to be honest with you, I, I, I would like to think that the ex would say, look at Caitlin, I don't mean to be smart about this, but you're fooling yourself. He's on the phone to me every night telling me he loves me and he wants a life with me. So it's up to yourself what you do, but I'm just giving you a heads up as a girl. Girl code. Yeah. And there's been four other girls before over the last few years who've been in the same position as you. Yeah. I'd say there's yeah. been others. Yeah. So just to let you know that you make your own decision on it, but I'm just giving you enough enough information to make an informed decision. I'd what say there's next. been others. There was another great piece with John and Harrison where he, he said about John uh, said that there would have been a definite no for both of them if the experts had known that they'd been intimate in the weeks before or a week before the experiment. Oh, again, like, I mean, I don't see how these experts didn't see this with all of the psychological testing when two completely lay pe- people like you and I could see it from their bios, from the bios that, you know, Channel 9 saw fit to release. Yeah. No, we saw it like within 30 seconds of them opening their mouth. What was going to happen? I mean, we called it on day one in the very first episode of this podcast. Yeah. So I don't understand how with all of the psychological testing and the 60 years of experience between the three relationship experts that they weren't <laughs> able to see it. Like, I know. I, it, know. I, I don't know. It just calls the validity of the experiment into question. Yes. It? But then in fairness to Harrison, he said, I made that commitment the second I walked down the aisle. <laughs> Not a second before. <sighs> God, yeah, I know. He, he, a leopard doesn't change its spots, Harrison. Yeah. And especially not in the 30 seconds it takes you to walk down the length of an aisle. 
Like he, but like I say, and when we both said it, he's still true to form. He is who he said he was going to be. From the very yeah. first time that the promo was launched or released about him, we knew he was going to be a dickhead. We've never the, seen another side of him at all. I don't Not think once. there is. I think he's there just... There hasn't been one minute when we saw another side of him. There's just one dimension. Yeah. At least with Jesse, there's moments where he does soften up and he's vulnerable and you kind of go, that's who we'd like to see come out, the real Jesse come out and we'd want to see more of that Jesse. There's not one moment of Harrison where you go, oh, I want to see more of that. Yeah. Oh, look, there it is. I knew there was something underneath that. Yeah, there's not a whole minute. You You never get a whole minute of Harrison that you want. Yeah, that's true. And you want to put into the germination jar or whatever the phrase is. Yeah. Petridish, yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. We put a little bit of Harrison in a Petri dish, but I know what you'd get. <laughs> it leaves us anyway with all couples continuing into the experiment. These, Some of these are just going to hang around. It's going to be a bit like the UK one has been the last two seasons where there's been so many dead wood couples just hanging on. Yeah, and I kind of I think it ruins it for for the other one for the other couples for the the couples who are supposedly in it for genuine reasons. I I think the whole idea of the first commitment ceremony is look to separate the wheat from the chaff. So mm. and that hasn't happened. No, quite the opposite. In that the ones who don't deserve the experts' help get the most time on the couch, or so it appears. They certainly get the most airtime. Yeah, and the ones who need maybe a little support along the way seem to get very little. But we're still watching it. We're still loving it. Of course, it's a drama. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah it's kind and of... It's, let's us have the debate. It's what it's all about. Us debating. Yeah, us debating <laughs> and you guys listening. And welcome to uh, our world. As ever, you're welcome to make your views known to us. You'll get the email at the end of the show. Keep watching Maths, guys. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we're going to talk to you in a few days' time after Intimacy Week, which is coming Oh, up. I look forward to that. Absolutely. I really do. That's just Absolutely. going to be so awkward. We might just be discussing Melissa and Josh. Listen, take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye, Bye for now. Before you go, just a quick request. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, pop on a notification. That way, you'll know when our podcast drops. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on hindicastreality at gmail.com. Hindicastreality at gmail.com.